If you like the podcast, remember to check us out on YouTube, where you get to see comedy commentary and a whole lot more. That's the YouTube channel, Balderdash Academy. Welcome to the season finale of Balderdash Academy Season 2. Tonight we have visiting professor, educator, and musician Steph Derwin. And to shake things up for wildcard shotgun games, we have... Professor of the Visual Arts, David Hanwright, joining us for our first time as a faculty member in this show. But first! Uh, Balderdash Academy, competitive comedy. Good for your health like a yearly colonoscopy. Bring a flask, don't forget your hall pass. If you need a laugh, let me introduce the school staff. Marie Stewart Harmon teaches home economics. See her after class for some home brew tonics. Sex with me is like Nate Green, cause finishing on top is his normal routine. Coach Steve brings the show sports knowledge, but he's bad at portmanteaus cause he didn't go to college. Paulie McGill spits words like an Uzi. She wins every game, can't name a single movie. They Calling Brady Hunt, the theater guru. He'll always almost win like deja vu do. Carla Rose Dubois, you better watch your back. She's notoriously known for teaching music facts. And Baba Blanc gets no disrespect. Don't talk back, cause he's technically correct. Yes. Let's go. Balderdash Academy, baby. Alright, sit down. Class is starting. So last game, Randy tied it all up, getting his second win, ensuring that we had a four-way tie. Now, Carla Rose Dubois graciously stepped out of the running tonight to give it to one of our three contestants. We have Professor of Theater Arts, Randy Hunt. We have Professor of Steam, Nate Green, and we have our defending reigning champion, Molly McGill, Professor of English Language Arts. <laughs> professor McGill, yes, what sir. are you going to do tonight to ensure that you take home another trophy? Well, I did something that I've never done before. I put on lipstick. So that means I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's do this. All right. Okay, I didn't realize that was what you needed to win. That's what I've been missing my entire life. I just didn't put on champion lipstick. All right, so our visiting professor tonight is educator musician Steph Derwin. We're going to talk to Steph shortly, but before we do, he has agreed to be the scorekeeper tonight while our faculty members compete for the coveted Grand Champion Trophy. At the end of each round, Steph will award points to the competitor that he likes best. The points are arbitrary and can be given to anyone for any reason. At the end of the show, the faculty with the highest point total will be named the Grand Champion because math. Our first game today is a wild card game by David Hanwright. Now, David will present a game of his own creation at the end. Our visiting professor, Steph, will give points for the answers that he likes best. David, yes, sir. what do you have for us? Um, we're going 
We're going to do Monster Truck Announcer. Okay. <laughs> so, here's the, here's the scene. You're a surgeon discussing how the operation went with your patient in recovery as a monster truck announcer. Can you lay that on once on a, one more time? Yeah. Yes, it's uh, you're the monster truck announcer at the Civic Center. Monster truck madness, madness, madness. But you're also a surgeon discussing with your patient in recovery how his operation went. I'm so upset that I'm not competing in this. <laughs> All right, David, who goes first? <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking Nate looks ready to rumble down there. Well, All right, Nate, let's hear it. And then maybe we should go alphabetical after Nate. All right. Uh, th thank you. Thank you for coming in, Mr. Steph. Uh, I want to let you know <laughs> that your surgery went fantastic. In fact, we prepared a... Um, a video to show you uh, and I'll narrate as we go through so as you can see here we're coming into the straight round we're going around we're cutting right through the lower intestines mm -hmm. we're cutting right through oh the large intestines didn't know what was gonna hit them and then boom the pancreas we got it right there we're gonna take this little scalpel and we're gonna slice it all up oh my gosh what is that why is the heart there oh my god he has an inverted heart quadricept now we're going to have to push that back up, and then the clown car comes in and hits it. It goes back up into the chest. We rank out the pancreas, because I think that's what we were going to get. We sew them all up and put a Band-Aid on it. <laughs> so I would suggest just taking, like, two Tylenol. All right! I, I, when do I award the points? All the way at the end? Anytime you want to, Steph. Anytime, Anytime you want to. Um, Professor Green, yes. I'd like to award you some points. Um, Ooh. I'm going with five points. Five right. points? Listen, it's the first right. game, so we're keeping points low. You're probably going okay. to move points when you get the bill. I, awarding <laughs> points is up to you, but consistency, I think, is what we're looking for. See, see, and the reason I say five points, which is actually a lot of points, because we're working oh, okay. in decimals, metric fractions, um, <laughs> this game. So I'm a math teacher. Um, so the reason why you're getting uh, legendary five points is because if I need only two Tylenol after all of that, <laughs> um, I'm really, really impressed. So. I did put on Facebook that I'm the best surgeon out there, so it's true. It's on Facebook. It must be true. Yeah. Molly, Thanks. let's hear it. <laughs> well, making... there you are. You're waking up now. You might feel a little weird, but it's going to be okay. See, we went right in there, Ralph, and you're going to feel something right in your late leg, but it's going to be feeling okay, Billy Bob. Can I call you Billy Bob? I think I can call you Billy Bob. I'm going to call you BJ. BJ, can I call you BJ? All right. So what we did, we went in there tough. And then we went to the side. And after that, you had a little coma. But it's okay, because we've been there. We've done that. We've done it. We did it again. We did it again. We did it again. And then we're going to be back better than ever next week, because we got to see you for a follow-up appointment. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know what most One night only. sound like. <laughs> All right. Steph, do you want to score, or do you want to wait to the end? 
Okay. I'm gonna give Professor McGill. I'm gonna give you uh, three and three quarters. Um, I let me put say three point seven five. Um, I really enjoyed the uh, the energy, and you actually made the compression on the zoom. That's that's how I know that this is this is you know really what I as a patient would need to get through. Noise clipped. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Randy, let's hear it. (laughs) (sighs) Well, uh, I just want to let you know that everything went great, great, great. We got your kidney out. We went right in there. We did what we had to do. And we took that kidney out. Now I just want to let you know. We accidentally took out the wrong kidney. But that's okay. We're going to schedule to come back next week. On Monday, Monday, Monday! (laughs) We'll see you then. All right. (laughs) Mine didn't clip. See, my microphone's set up so it won't. (laughs) <laughs> oh, flex. Wow. All right, Steph, how would you like to score? All right, well, you took out the wrong kidney, so. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go with, uh, yeah, I'm really sorry, but half a point. Uh, that's that's fine. <laughs> half, a, half, a point, half a point more than what I have right now. Yeah. All right, so I have to. Sir. We've removed half your buttocks. You can sit down, but you'll only need the edge. So, um, <laughs> Steph, thank you for coming on the show. Now, you're a New York-based educator, songwriter, producer, audio engineer, writer. You're on the founding team of a new school. You're in grad school. You're the co-manager of Trans Trenders, video maker, artist, coach. You can help with the business side. Sounds like no one else we know here in this group so as one polymath to another my question for you is how do you manage to do all of it like how do you learn the new skills to succeed what's your approach to all of this um i think rule number one is um calendar have a calendar (laughs) use it (laughs) um but yeah i just have a lot of different interests and they're, they all kind of tie together, though, I think. like the yeah. same kind So they of mesh life. really well together. Yeah, like the communication skills that you need to like work with artists is the same kind of communication skills you need to work with teenagers because artists yep. often act like teenagers. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> now, Steph and I uh, met quite a while ago. We were both had David Blair, um, and we all know David Blair. David Blair was on the show last yeah. season. Um, and you were talking about a new album then that you were thinking about putting together. And, uh, I'd like to talk about your debut album. I think it's amazing. Um, I've been listening to it on repeat, uh, today just to get ready for the show. I've listened to it a while ago and it's, it's really unique the way that you approached it. And it was an idea that you had back, I think it was 2017, that's so wild because I don't I don't even remember that. Yeah, at least but, um, when you were thinking about actually 
putting it together like that. Uh, so it's more than just a freshman album, right? I mean, it's an album that tells a story of transition. It is a tonal musical diary, mm-hmm. right? Tell us about the process of making that album. I mean, you recorded and produced it yourself. I'm imagine if I'm if I'm guessing correctly. Yeah. Um, what was your what was your uh, process like with that? Yeah. Um, one of my friends who um, had transitioned before, like, so I'm transgender, um, and one of my friends who transitioned before is also a musician and. He said, um, if there's one thing that you do, like record your voice now before it changes, because once it changes, it's gone forever. And I really took that to heart. And so I had been writing songs all along um, the process of like trying to decide whether or not I should transition or not and what that would mean for me. And there's like a lot of emotions tied up in all of that. So I started recording the songs that I had written about it um, with my old voice. But as I was recording, my voice started to change um, because I had started testosterone and um, and I was still writing at the same time. So I sort of kind of got the idea to like work a little bit ahead of time, do some vocal harmonies with my old voice that I would use later on. Um, and then, yeah, sort of accompany myself as my voice changed. That's yeah, right. I mean, you, in the album, you sing a duet with yourself. Yeah. What? Yeah. So cool. It's a beautiful song, Very too. Cool. It's the fourth one on the album. Um, Steph, what kind yeah. of music is it? Tell the people at home. What can they expect from yeah. it? Yeah, I, I describe it as hopeful emo folk. Um, okay, I love it. I got this, like, tinge <laughs> of, like, optimism to it, but <laughs> oftentimes it's because I have, like, really big feelings. <laughs> Absolutely. Has your music transitioned over time since then to to be anything different or are you still in that genre? Yeah, I, I would say it's still in that genre, although just like the um, my songwriting, I think, has just gotten a bit tighter just from doing it for a long time and getting feedback from people and just practicing the craft and then also working with different instruments and becoming more comfortable with playing those instruments. So like I used to just play acoustic guitar and I think on that album there's a lot of like synths and stuff that I sort of like played on the computer but now I can incorporate more electric guitar and more bass and more drums and that kind of thing that's cool now um I think earlier you said you were a math teacher right Mm -hmm. do how, how does now math is something that you know I teach stem so math's part of it and i'm not very good at it uh so our kids kind of stink but um but does math really help with music like do you think about music differently because of that because you're thinking about in terms of of like the types of notes you're putting in or is when it comes to music for me it's just more of a creative flow because i can't i'm like i I see a little bubble there, but I don't know if that's quarter, half, whatever. How does that work for you balancing math and music? To be honest, I, I taught myself music and never really got too deep into music theory. So Ah. I never really like, I didn't have the foundation before I started teaching math. I think it has influenced it a little bit. Just like thinking about how notes are related to each other. Like how far away is this note from this note? And like, yeah, how can I sort of like transpose things if I need to or that kind of thing. Cool. 
So you can find links to Steph's album and all of his work, including his website, in the description. Uh, join us when we return for four questions and more wild card shotgun rounds with Professor David Hanwright right here on Balderdash Academy. Four questions is more than five questions, right? Yes, but uh, it's less than three, I think. If I have it, I might, I might have that we, wrong. You gotta get the square root of your meaning. According to my new math book, it, I don't know. It's it was made by IKEA, so. <laughs> Hi, I'm Leo Gladstone, director of Dasher Radio Theater on the air. Join us August 16th at the St. Lawrence Art in Portland as we take you on an adventure of an anthology of three never-before-heard radio dramas. Look, this is the best we can get you in 1933, so don't miss it. Tickets are on sale now. Join us live. You get to meet the Dasher Radio Theater Ensemble. You're going to have a lovely time. Again, August 16th at St. Lawrence Arts. We'll see you on the air. Tickets for Balderdash Academy's On the Air are now available at St. Lawrence Arts in Portland, Maine. Join us for a night of original characters and three custom comedy series in the style of old-time radio. Plus, we have a different show every night. Tickets are on sale now. So, Steph, before we dive into four questions, we have a special wild card shotgun game from Professor David Hanwright. Uh, remember to score the best answer, not the correct answer. Uh, this time, we're going to wait to the end to score. And, David, what do you have to shake things up? Okay, we're going to play a little game called Innuendo. And you can phrase it like this. I like my men... Or I like my women, uh, or I like my lovers, like like my. And Steph, I'm going to ask you for any random inanimate object around the home that's not very sexy. A broom. So that's it. The broom. I like my lovers, like I like my broom. Take it away, Randy. Uh, I like my women like I like my broom. Uh, they sweep me off my feet. All right, Molly. I like my lovers like I like a broom. A little dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I like my lovers like I like my broom. There's always a witch on top of it. <laughs> I don't know if that worked, but that's what I guess. All right, I liked it. All right, so, Steph, we have Randy with sweep off his feet, Molly a little dirty, and Nate with a witch on top. How would you like to score? I like I like my lovers with a witch on top. I can't I can't deny it. So, um, Professor <laughs> again, this time it's twenty points. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Professor wow. McGill, I also really like my lovers a little bit dirty. Um, so you're getting twenty points too. Yes. And Professor Hunt, listen. <laughs> <laughs> it's not you, it's me. It's, it's that. <laughs> listen, I mean, 
It's very wholesome. And <laughs> I do, I do like, you know, I do like my lovers to sweep me off my feet, but at the end of the day, this is a competition. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think we're going to, I'm going to go with that. I just hope my tears won't rust out my keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> we're go, I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going to go with, with a solid um, 11 points. Oh, 11. Well, that's cool. It's not terrible. Yeah, 11, that's half that's of my good. favorite number. That's, that's nice. That's good. Yeah. So according to Nate, that'd be what? Five Seven. is your favorite Fifteen. number? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Steph, you've described your music as emo folk. So in honor of you, our visiting professor, tonight's four questions will be both about emo and folk music. So whichever okay. one of our faculty members give the best, not necessarily the correct but the best answer steph will award points all right faculty are we ready here's our first question emo started as an offshoot of the post-punk movement in the mid-80s in washington dc it was pioneered by bands like rites of spring and embrace how did emo get its name molly Oh, Kirk, um, emo got its name from a very popular serial at the time that, um, you know, <laughs> these artists all really enjoyed. But the thing that was unique about it was that people at these concerts, you know, are very ruckus and they would just throw the cereal. So they're like, emo, and then it, they just kept it up because they're crying about it into this cereal. That's a lot going on in that answer. That's a, that, that has layers. All right, Randy, how did emo get its name? Uh, well, one of the early pioneers of emo uh, was a, a guy named Mo, uh, Mo, Mo Dickens. And uh, he uh, was so well known in his art and craft not arts and crafts, but his art and his craft, uh, that when he'd walk down the street, people would say, hey, Mo. And then it just over time, it just kind of morphed into a Mo and then emo. And so that's how it happened. All right. Named after a Mo. All right. Nate. Randy's going down. Randy's walking down the right path. Uh, you know, it has something to do with the name, but it, it um, it's less nice, more uh, more mainstream, you know, like uh, corporate. Uh, so the first emo band, like this has been pushed down. It's not really well known. It was uh, Elmo in the in the Carpet Fisters, um, and it was all puppets that did it. Uh, now Sesame Street and Jim Hansen just said, no, 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 no. You can't. Carpet Fisters is fine. You can't use Elmo's name. Um, so they had to figure out what to do and they took out the L and left it with the emo. Um, so, uh, unfortunately emo and the carpet fisters, um, uh, didn't do so well. Um, I think they put out like one single one hit wonder, uh, that wasn't really a hit. It just kind of like was dropped on the floor, but, uh, that's where it got its names. Yeah. Did you say carpet fisters? Oh, yes, he did. Leave yeah, your times. comments to Nate in the description. No, like All right, puppets. so... Like 1972, I think, right? It's not an arm, it's a naked Muppet. So, Steph, how did Emo get its name? We have Molly from a popular cereal at the time that they used to throw at the band. Randy, named after Mo Dickens, the creator. It was the 
best of time. It was the worst of times. And uh, Nate, Elmo, and the Carpet Fisters. What? Which I have to admit, I would listen to that record. Yeah. <laughs> I'd watch a music video. Little puppets like, going around. Yeah. Which was a Muppet punk band. How would you like to score? Lord right. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. <clears throat> Professor Green. Um this time around, yeah, I I uh I do not take Elmo's name in vain. No. So I'm deducting six points. Okay. I mean, Ooh. if you got to do that for the truth, then let it be so. Listen. <laughs> so, okay. Professor Hunts, uh, I love this. Um, language is a very flexible thing. There's one thing that I know in my life. It's a very flexible thing, and new words come about with slight variations over time, so... I, I believe that. I believe your your story. Um, That's good because it's true. I'm gonna give you yeah. I'm gonna give you 22 points. Oh, nice. that's my favorite number. I don't know if you yeah. knew that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Professor McGill. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. That that's a wild story you came up with there. Um, it's true. Yeah. It, yeah. Okay. Um. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you 15 points for that one. I don't know. Uh, okay. Thank I don't you. know why. I just. I can imagine the cereal doesn't taste very good, so I respect that they were throwing it around. Yes. All right. Awesome. All right. Once again, how did emo get its name? Um, our professors are very professional at overthinking. Emo started as a movement known as emotional hardcore. Then emo core, and then eventually just emo. Folk music has been popular for over a hundred years and continues to gain new followers in every generation. Where did folk music in America originate? Randy. Oh yeah. Hi. Uh, I think it was Cincinnati, which sounds like a really weird answer. I know. Um, but, uh, there was, uh, you know, back a hundred years ago, Coca-Cola was like a big craze and, uh, people, you know, it, it was a little different back then too, because it had some ingredients in it that, you know, aren't in it today. Uh, you know, so, but anyway, uh, these folks, uh, would just, they pretty much worshiped Coca-Cola. And uh, okay. so they wrote some music about it, and it, they just kind of let out whatever felt natural. And what felt natural was uh, coca leaves and folk music. All right. Cocaine in your soft drinks will do that. Generate songs. Nate, where did folk music in America originate? Uh, I mean, it's kind of where it got its name. Uh, it uh, Folkenshire, which is right next to Hoboken, <laughs> New Jersey. <laughs> Folkenshire. Folkenshire, New Jersey. Next All to right, Folkenshire, New Jersey. That's straight into the I'm, point, Molly. I'm from Jersey, and it's not exactly next to it, Nate. I need to correct you, but it's near it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not from there, never been there, driven through once. All right, Lovely so near city. Hoboken. All right, Molly, where did folk music in America originate? Well, there's like a, a misunderstanding that it was originated in an octopus's garden, but it wasn't. 
um, that's clear, been cleared up for quite some time on Unsolved Mysteries. But where it's actually from is from a bindle that a hobo was carrying. Uh, they jumped on a train, dropped their bindle, thing cracked open, folk music all over the place. Nobody knew what it was. They're scrambling to pick it up. It's eking there. It's going to the west. It's going to the south. It's going to the northeast. And then next thing you know, it's all over America. That's terrifying. Just I mean, so all this know. time you thought it was hooch in the bindle. It turned out it was folk music. Yeah. All right. So, Steph, where did folk music in America originate? You have Randy with Cincinnati. Music about Coke. Nate, Falkenshire, New Jersey, mm -hmm. and Molly in a hobo's bindle. How would you like to score? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm going to give a flat uh, half a point to everyone. All right. A flat half point to everyone. Um, yeah. Flat half point <laughs> like, to like everyone. Like a Coca-Cola. Got it. Like a flat Coca-Cola. want or you like to a know music that note. Hoboken hey, is named after hobos. So, wow. well, there you go. Yeah. That Thanks, explains Dave. so much. Um, <laughs> so, where did folk music in America originate? It originated as the traditional music of immigrants brought over when they emigrated. Without the immigrants, we would not have folk music. Uh, this past week, uh, last week, I was in Bristol, um, Tennessee slash Virginia. It's like one of those towns that they like share a town. And this town has like all over its town, the birthplace of country music. And it's interesting as like, I kind of just was like, oh, cool. The birthplace of country music. And like, you know, that Dolly Parton is like all over this place and a lot of yeah. like old country singers. And so I made a, a post on my Instagram that was like, oh, this past week I was in the birthplace of country music. And one of my friends uh, sent me um, another like amazing artist named La Fembert, who's based in, uh, she's a black trans musician based in California, sent me two articles that she said, you need to check yourself. And the reason is because there's actually a lot of, um, uh, you know, there's, um, uh, you know, historians who have actually traced like country music, which I guess is like, I'm kind of equating the two in some ways because they're sort of sidesteps of each other to actually 17th century slave ships. And the banjo is actually an African instrument. So I kind of just yeah. wanted to throw that out there as like a side note, because I think, especially in music, there's such a, um, uh, the ways that so many kind of like trends and sounds and styles get sort of like appropriated from black cultures is like, it's, it's just so commonplace that I think a lot of times the histories gets, get really blurry. So I kind of just wanted to mention that as like something that people can look up. There's an article on the Washington post. And then there's another thing that looks like a PBS link platform. in the description. Yeah, awesome. We'll get it from okay. staff and we'll post yeah. it in the links. Um, yeah, in this case, it was referring specifically to traditional folk music. Traditional folk music literally refers to any music played in America that originated in a foreign country. So, yeah. Um, though I can definitely see the African influence in country music, just like if, if you look, you can see the Jewish influence in punk. 
Um, there's a great book from one of our professors, uh, Very cool. CBGB at the uh, HBGB at the CBGBs <laughs> from Stephen Lee Bieber uh, talking about Jewish influence in punk. So, yeah, yeah, definitely check out the links. It'll be in the description. That's so cool. So, <laughs> Emo has a number of off offshoots, each with their own styles and aesthetics, such as uh, Steph's Emo Folk, uh, Emo Rap, Emo Pop. With that in mind, professors, what is Screamo? Randy? <laughs> uh, Screamo? Uh... Uh, that is, uh, it, it was, uh, it's a, a style of music that, uh, comes about, uh, after you watch a scary movie and, uh, something jumps out at you, kind of like a Blair Witch thing. Uh, and, uh, you just start blurting out music lyrics. All right. That makes I sense. Nate. Ah! Nate, what is Screamo? Screamo is when you mix jello and ice cream together. Uh, you do it, you, you mix for approximately, you get hard ice cream, you melt it, put the gelatin in, stir it for about three minutes, then you put it in the freezer. After about two days, you take it out, eat it. Um, you really want to have something to drink, but you don't do that. Uh, instead, you eat a half pound of bacon, and um, and then you put on an Enya record. <laughs> Sorry, okay. what was your question? Um. <laughs> so much for uh, Professor Green's Thanksgiving tradition. <laughs> Molly, what is Screamo? Screamo is when um, dads are in a really large parking lot and they can't find their car, but they want to still act like they can. And they scream about find, finding their car. Buick, Cadillac, Jeep Wrangler. And you can hear it all throughout vibrating off the multi-level parking garages. Okay. Uh, so what is Screamo? Uh, we have Randy. It's music after a scary music. Uh, music after a scary movie. Nate, Jello and ice cream together, frozen, and you uh, eat it. You can't drink. You have a half a pound of bacon. Listen to Enya. And Molly, dad's in a large parking lot who still want to act like they can find their car. Okay. Uh, Steph, how would you like to score? Good luck. Um, I love the gentle echoes of dads <laughs> in parking lots. <laughs> It's, it's one of the most beautiful sounds I've ever heard. Um, I'm going to go with uh, 100 points, Professor Miguel. 100 points. Um, Professor Hunt, um, the screams that happen during movies, um, my partner and I are rewatching Game of Thrones right now, so I feel internal screamos happening frequently. Um, so I'm going to give you about 80 points. I just, wow. I just believe, I just believe that, um, yeah, I just believe you. That's it. You have a very, I mean, the, the song that I wrote after Marianne, like went into the TV and pulled the guys, it was, it was, it was a hit. <laughs> How'd you get off the Island? <laughs> Whatever her name was. Carol Ann. Carol Ann. It was Renee, and you wrote, Don't Go Away, Renee. And uh, Professor Green. Uh, 
your Jello ice cream concoction sounds very similar to what my Midwestern parents probably eat most Christmases. Um, yeah, oh it's God. a time. Yeah, it's a time. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, a, a solid ninety points. Wow. Yeah. All um, right. It, it's giving me nostalgia. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, yeah. Nostalgia is good. No. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Food. Yeah. So Screamo was initially applied to an aggressive offshoot of emo, which was developed in San Diego in 1991. It's a dissonant form of emo influenced by hardcore punk. All right. <laughs> finally, the 2003 mockumentary, A Mighty Wind, celebrated the emergence of folk in the 20th century. One song from the film that took off was Potatoes in the Paddy Wagon. It's one of my favorite shows. It's Christopher Guest. He's brilliant. Uh, what were the circumstances around the writing of the song Potatoes in the Paddy Wagon, Nate? Well, originally it was going to be called Breaking Wind. Um, and then they decided that was too on the nose because of the mighty wind. Uh, so they had to figure out another name for a farting song. Um, and potatoes in the paddy wagon i mean everybody knows that your butt's referred to as a paddy wagon and <laughs> potatoes are the well potatoes are your poop and um <laughs> what's in between the potatoes and the paddy wagon is the mighty wind that comes out um that you break and and a lot of the lyrics were about breaking wind um but they went for the more on the nose. Oh, God, no, no, not on the nose, but more oh. accurate potatoes in the paddy wagon. In the nose. All right. So, um, scatological potatoes. Molly. Jeez, wow, I'm going to follow that. Um, so, <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> I have no clue at this point, and I asked it. Uh, so, what were the circumstances around the writing of the song, Potatoes in the Paddy Wagon? I'll tell you the circumstances around writing the song, Potatoes in the Paddy Wagon. It was actually uh, Justin and uh, Lauren who were working at McDonald's. They had a late shift. You know, they're always there. They're working on the fryer later again, right? They didn't want to, but it's fine. They're good at it now. And, you know, they were just like lamenting, lamenting, lamenting about doing it. And then the next thing you know, Justin's like, can I have a ride home? And she's like, oh, fine. I guess you can. My mom's coming to pick me up in the station wagon. And Justin was like, Patty, Patty's coming. She's like, you know it, in the paddy wagon. He's like, let's bring these fries. And they were like, potatoes in the paddy wagon. And that was the circumstances. And from there, I mean, the story tells itself. All right. So, Randy, what do you have? Uh, potatoes in the paddy wagon. Uh, so there was a, uh, what year did you say this was? 2003 2003 yeah uh so uh in 2003 uh there was this uh, it was a crime spree uh where uh this guy was robbing banks uh and uh he <clears throat> same type of thing he go through mcdonald's uh drive through and so his his you know his uh nickname uh to his friends was potatoes uh when they finally caught up with him the police got him uh, they like, hey, hey, Sergeant, I got potatoes in the paddy wagon. And and Sergeant was pretty pleased. Okay, good for Sergeant. All right, Steph, we have Nate with a song about breaking wind, 
Molly with a song about Justin's fries in a station wagon. And Randy, there was a crime spree about a bank robber stopping at Mickey D's and had a nickname of Potato when they caught him. Oh, my gosh. Those were answers. How would you like to score? Okay, Professor Hunt, this is a song that I feel like you know, needs to be written. Um, so I'm gonna go 222 points for you. Oh, thank um, you. I got my ukulele right. here. I can. We'll, I'll work on it during the break. Yeah, yeah. There's like real emotion behind that story. Um, <laughs> Professor McGill, having fun as a young person, throwing potatoes, French fries around the paddy wagon. Um, another very, very. Um, yeah, song that needs to be out there in the world. I think it would be really be a hit. I'm going to go 224 points. Yes. Wow. 224 points. Yep. Um, Thank you. And uh, Professor Green, um, I would not write a song about a fart. Um, <laughs> I, that's the difference imagine. between you and me. Actually, actually. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, Professor Green. I'm gonna go with uh, 80 points on this one. I don't know. It's uh, I have a, bit, a right. lot of emotions about farts, but yeah, I noticed the longer you let it linger, the more you're kind of uh, pain wrapped around you its know. finger. Pain. Yeah, no, that's a it's cranberry pain. song. <laughs> <laughs> you know what cranberries do to the system? What were the circumstances around the writing of the song "Potatoes in the Paddy Wagon"? Well, uh. Annette O'Toole was on Smallville and they were shooting in Vancouver and she wasn't needed for the shoot after driving to Vancouver for a national tragedy occurred September 11th. Planes were shut down. So she drove home to Los Angeles. The next day they call her and said that they need her back on set. Well, planes are grounded. She can't get to Vancouver. So her husband... The great Michael McKeon, who you know from This Is Spinal Tap, Saturday Night Live, Laverne and Shirley, he drove her up, and she, with Michael's help, wrote the song on the ride from L.A. to Vancouver. I love that story. I love it, too. Links to the story of them telling it is in the link in the description. So, Steph, you do everything. Um, one of the things you do, you're an educator. Uh, so tell us about the new school for transgender youth that you're you're working on, uh, Transformative Schools, TFS? Yeah, it's uh, TFS is at the very, very beginning stages right now. Um, but it is a school that is specifically going to be run by trans and um, gender expansive people. Um with the express purpose of being a trans affirming school. So it's not just for trans kids. Um, it's for everyone, but it is, does have the express mission of like, this is going to be a place where if you are trans, like you have a safe, not only a safe space, but like an affirming space that will, um, you know, where you will be able to like really explore and feel comfortable taking risks and having that kind of, um, experience in school and yeah so um it's basically 
in the um, beginning stages, we're connecting with a lot of other organizations in New York City. Um, we are developing curricula right now um, that is more trans-affirming, um, including a sex ed curriculum, which is like basically it's non-existent regarding trans people at all right now. And um, yeah, it's probably going to be yeah taking a lot more shape within the next few years but it's all the ball is really rolling right now so i definitely encourage people to reach out if they're interested in learning more but every wednesday we actually have a um a zoom meeting where we all get together and just talk about various issues like what does it look like to have a trans affirming school um what kind of issues come up. And I think there is a lot of education that has to happen with the general public and with parents and things like that. So this is kind of part of that process. So where would somebody go if they want more information about it? Yeah, I would say actually, so um, literally uh, we just got email addresses today. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. It's a big step. Baby but, steps, um, baby steps. Yeah. So you can um you could just reach out to me directly on uh, on uh, the email on my website or on you know social media and um I will sort of direct from there. But all right. now links to all of Steph's work are in the description. How do you how about finding out what our points are? You guys interested in that? So yes. our points I know I are, I don't know, I don't know, Randy. Our points are in last place. We have Nate with 189 and a half points. Next, we have Randy with 334, followed by Molly in the lead with 363.25 points. Now, still anyone's game. Okay. So join us when we return for another wild card game from David Hanwright. Technically correct. And the naming of our new grand champion. Only here on Balderdash Academy. All right, it's been a hell of a game. To recap, our points are we have... Nate in last place with 189 and a half points, Randy with 334 points even, and Molly in the lead with 363.25 points. But it is anyone's game. We've seen entire uh, entire seasons turn around in a single game of Technically Correct. All right, all right, that's enough. So, the especially when Steve gives his win away to Carla Rose for some reason. All right, so Steph, before we move on we're back with our wild card shotgun game from professor david hanwright david what do you have for us keeping up with the theme we're gonna play this little game called pickup lines and i want each member to, to give us two pickup lines for steph to pick from and uh steph we need another inanimate object so that's that's not very sexy <laughs> <laughs> scissors scissors so pickup line it's hey you must be scissors because blank all right so and for example looking, yes for here's ahead, an example Bob. 
Hey, you must be scissors, because looking at you, I want to fold paper and have you snip a snowflake out. Okay. You're taking all the good ones, Bob. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so do we need another another object, or are we going to go with scissors? Okay. We're going to go with scissors, and we're going to start with the, with the leader, oh, Molly. Shit. Okay. I mean, great. And then we're going to um, circle back. So you just give us one, and... We'll go in line and come back to you. You must be like scissors because I have no idea where to find you ever. <laughs> That's good. Randy. Uh, you must be scissors because you... Uh, sheerly look divine. Oh yeah. Ooh. <laughs> okay, and Professor Green. Where's the trombone. <laughs> wah, wah. I love you. Uh, okay. Um. Hey, you must be scissors. Uh, cause you have scissor fingers and you look like Johnny Depp. You want to go out? <laughs> I was good. I was never good at picking So are we doing two each? Wow. Okay, I think we for this this second one we should get a new object because All right. I want to do scissors. The one that I okay. I'm okay, I'm gonna do scissors. You know, you must be scissors because you look like someone my mom would scold me for using the wrong way. That's the one I was holding. Okay, let's get a new topic. And, and, and mine is, hey, you must be scissors because I want to run with you. Yeah, <laughs> my next one. Yeah, sorry. sorry. It is. We need, we need another object, Steph. Another object. All right. Any, um, maybe a kitchen appliance or something. Uh, toaster. You must be a toaster because, Bob, can you give us a uh, an idea of of what that's going to sound like. You must be a toaster because you look dangerous in the tub. <laughs> <laughs> Molly, jump right in there. Oh, great. Okay. You must be a toaster because I want to see you sitting on my countertop. <laughs> I don't know. That was great. All right, Randy. Oh. Randy, uh, <laughs> you must be a toaster uh, because uh, want to pop some tarts. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so more dirty than it actually means. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow. Nate. Nate. All right, save, save the best for last. You must be a toaster. Because your uh, anthropomorphic eyes remind me of when I was trapped in a garbage yard and I had a blanket and and vacuum cleaner that we were brave with. You want a date? Oh, my kids love that movie. <laughs> All right. That's such oh, a sad God. movie. Uh, I'm going to get it out of my system now. 
you must be a toaster because it looks like I'd die if I tried to stick a fork in there. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't say they were good, but I well, said they were there. All right. So I'm, um, I'm looking forward to the point awardage for this one. Oh, my so God. we have for scissors, Molly with I have no idea where to find you. And for a toaster, I want to see you sitting on my countertop. Randy for scissors, surely look divine. And for a toaster, wants to pop some tarts. And for Nate for scissors, he has scissor fingers like Johnny Depp. And for a toaster, the anthropomorphic eyes trapped in a garbage yard. Because he's a brave little toaster. Steph, how would you like to score... Would you like to score any of those? Is a real question. Oh my goodness! <clears throat> is this the last? Is this the last? Uh, <laughs> wild the last card. Game? This is the wild. last wild card. This is the last wild card. Okay, cool. Yeah, we okay. have tamed cards coming up though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, um, Professor Green. I really relate to everything you've said. Um, I feel like I've I've felt these things, these feelings many times. Um, I speak to the heart. Three, three points. Three points. Three points. Yeah. My pickup lines worked. I am married, so. Um. And Professor McGill, fantastic. Great work. Um, uh, I was all, always really bad at pickup lines. Um, let's see. I'm going to go with seven points. Oof. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I will take them. Yeah, seven You're points. doing math, aren't you? I can tell. Yeah, I'm doing math. <laughs> so I got three. It's okay. his specialty. Three way tie again. And uh, <laughs> Professor Hunt. Um, I'm gonna go with, wait, can you remind me of yours one more time? Sheerly look divine and pop some tarts. <laughs> the wordplay is fantastic. I'm gonna go with eight points. Thank you. Eight points. Eight points. All right. Mm -hmm. So it is now time for our final <laughs> game of the season. Fan favorite, technically correct. I will read a description of a movie that is technically correct. Our faculty will respond as fast as possible and present it one by one. Our visiting professor will award points based on the answers that he likes best. Movie number one, a man tries to book a trip for his old flame. Randy, what does that describe? Uh, Back to the Future 2. Back to the Future 2. Nate... Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider and Molly. Uh, Polar Express. Polar <laughs> Dead Eyes Express. Yeah. All right, so a man tries to book a trip for an old flame. Steph, we have Randy with Back to the Future 2, Nate with Ghost Rider, Molly with Polar Express. How would you like to score? Um, six points all around. All right. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. So, a man tries to book a trip for an old flame describes my favorite movie, Casablanca. Oh. 
Um, all right. Movie number two. One gang tells another gang that they suck. <laughs> One gang tells another gang that they suck. Randy. Uh, little Rascals. <laughs> <laughs> little Rascals, Nate. Uh Baz Luhrmann's William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. All right, Romeo and Juliet. It's so depressing and so concerning when you realize they're 13 and like 17. All right, <laughs> Molly. Um, um, Fievel. <laughs> An American Fievel. tale. <laughs> An American tale. All right. An American tale. Okay. <laughs> At least you got a character from it. That's impressive. All right. So one gang tells another gang that they suck. We have Randy with Little Rascals, Nate with Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet, and Molly with an American tale. Steph, how would you like to score? Um, Professor Hunts and Professor Green both get 17 points. All right. Um, Professor McGill, uh, four, <laughs> four points. Four points. Four points. Okay. So right. one gang tells another gang that they suck, describes the Lost Boys. Oh. All right, movie number three. A doctor moves to an English village to hide his drug issues. Nate. Uh... Yeah, doctor moves to an English village to hide his drug issues. I'm going to go with the Incredible Hulk. All right, That's Incredible Hulk, Molly. Um, 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 I have one now. I forgot it. Um, <laughs> Doctor Doolittle. Doctor Doolittle. All right, Randy. Doing the COVID um, uh, Doctor No. Doctor No. All right. So a doctor moves to an English village to hide his drug issues. We have Nate with Incredible Hulk, Molly with Doctor Doolittle, Randy with Doctor No. Steph, how would you like to score? Sure, Miguel. <clears throat> um, we're gonna, I'm going to go with 60 points. Okay. All right. Um, Professor Green. I'm going to go with 59.5 points. Whoa. 59.5 thousand points. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Professor Hunt, uh, I'm going to go with uh, 21. Oh, <laughs> all right. Oh. It's legal. 21 Ooh. denied. Yeah. All right. So, a so close. I'm so sorry. Very close. A doctor moves to an English village to hide his drug issues. Describes the Invisible Man. Ooh. Mm. All right. Movie number four, our last technically correct question for season two. Movie number four is the story of a prince's struggle to achieve balance between industrialization and the natural world. And Molly, based on your... Yes, I know it. It's Fern Gully. Fern Gully. <laughs> the one movie that Molly has seen and Randy. Uh, the other Prince movie that I can think of coming to America. <laughs> coming to America. 
and Nate. Oh, I mean, it's clearly Frank Darabont's uh, Shawshank Redemption. (laughs) 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 All right, so Steph, Shawshank is Nate's go-to for everything in this. All right. So the story of a prince's struggle to achieve balance between industrialization and the natural world. We have Molly with Fern Gully. Randy with Coming to America, and Nate with Shawshank Redemption. Steph, how would you like to score? It's my potatoes in the paddy wagon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we know what your paddy wagon is. Wow, these are all such good answers. Um, Professor McGill, Professor Green, going to go with 200 points. Professor Hunt. Okay. 4,000 points. <gasps> All right. What? So. It's not, it's not 59 and a half thousand, but it's 4,000. That's good. Uh, movie number four. The story of a prince's struggle to achieve balance between industrialization and the natural world describes Princess Mononoke. Mm. We all know okay. that. I've never even heard of that movie. <laughs> okay. Oh. Oh, really? 1997. Miyazaki, arguably the beginning of Miyazaki's reign into the United States, helped. In, I'll talk to you about it later. All right. Okay. So, uh, anime, right? <laughs> Spirited Away? Yes. Spirited beautiful. Away. Yeah. Castle in the No? Howl's Billy um, Madison? Uh, so. It's like, the, uh, <laughs> like Japanese Disney is like Studio Ghibli films. So they're like very. Yeah. Uh, My neighbor Totoro? I'll Sailor educate Moon? him. What? All right. So, <laughs> Steph, thank you for being our visiting professor tonight on Balderdash Academy. Now, you're currently in the process of writing a new album. We know nothing is set in stone, but I was wondering if you talk a little bit about Keep the Change. Sure. Thanks. Um, so, the album is sort of like, uh, is about the emotions that come up around like before making a really big life-changing decision and then after. So like kind of a coming of age um, sort of like vibe, but the songs are written around um, um, around the time when I was like, uh, after like a relationship ended, like a long, I was in a eight and a half year relationship. So I sort of was writing these songs about this. and um, And so, yeah over time they've kind of evolved to have a little bit of like a broader meaning, I guess. Um, but yeah, so I'm just recording everything from home in this like little, you know, space that I've got back here and, uh, and yeah, it's been really fun so far. I do miss playing with, with people a bit, but it's, uh, it's been fun to sort of like dive into bringing those songs to life and kind of weaving them into a story a little bit. Yeah. So to keep track of Steph and his music, you can find Steph online at stephderwin.com. Go and check out the art he's creating. The albums are available for sale or on streaming services. Links are in the description. Before we reveal our winner, we have today's moral. Listening to all of the answers to the questions tonight and um, really taking them to heart, one thing 
is very clear. Nate was born with an iron stomach. If he could take frozen ice cream and jello, a pound of bacon, and hours of Enya on end. It's a lot of potatoes. A lot yeah. of potatoes in the paddy wagon. All right, our final point for season two. We have... I don't know why I'm acting excited. Everybody knows who I am. All right, so we have... <laughs> Steve Gording! <laughs> we have... Nate with 475 points, Molly with 640.25, and our new grand champion for season two. Now, Molly, you will always be grand champion for season one. I have the truth. Our new grand champion for season two, professor of the performing arts, Randy Hunt. Randy! Thank you. Congratulations! We're just going to start out with all these tears. <laughs> All right. Um, so thank you for visiting us at Balderdash Academy. We have a special announcement about this show. This show came about because of the pandemic. We kind of stumbled into it. And 27 episodes later, it's time for us to make a change. This show used to be called Balderdash Academy, but we have become the performing company, Balderdash Academy. We're now doing live shows at St. Lawrence Art Center in Portland. We're doing our radio show. We're doing improv comedy across the state. We're moving out of uh, just being a game show. And so, this show will now be called Balderdash Academy's Competitive Comedy. Chung Chung. We will be trying to bring it to you from a live venue. Make this an in-person show. Pandemic willing. Now uh, booking. Now booking. So you can find all of the information on the new show, the new show format, our new show on the air, a comedy <laughs> experience in the golden age of radio. You can find it all online at balderdashacademy.com, and we would love to see you in person. I have been your headmaster, Bob LeBlanc. Joining me has been our faculty, my co-host for this evening, professor of the visual arts, David Hanwright. <laughs> professor of English language arts and season one's grand champion, Molly McGill. It's been a pleasure, darling. Pleasure. Professor of steam, Nate Green. Sorry for the chung chung. I thought this was the uh, Law and Order spinoff thing. <laughs> <laughs> and our grand champion for season two, 2022's uh, Professor of the Performing Arts, Randy Hunt. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, I'm kind of looking forward to us wrapping up because I'm starving. I'm going to go eat some Pop-Tarts. All right. <laughs> our visiting professor this evening, Steph Derwin. You can find everything that he has coming up at stephderwin.com. Steph, thank you for coming on and being a part of our show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Stay safe. We'll see you next time. And go Dashers! <laughs> remember to like and subscribe to the video. Also, remember that we have options available if you'd like to support the show directly. Show your school pride with merch from our store. 
We're also featuring our brand new radio show at the St. Lawrence Arts Center on the air in Portland, Maine. First shows on August 6th, 2000, uh, 16th, 2022 and August 30th. And uh, then we move on monthly thereafter. We will also be hosting an improv jam fundraiser on behalf of the St. Lawrence Arts Center. Uh, links to everything's in the description. Thank you for watching. Check out our store and have a good night. Go Dashers! Balderdash Academy's Season 2 finale was produced and edited by Bob LeBlanc. Theme music by Thinkfish Tank. Written by Bob LeBlanc and David Hanwright. Performed by Nate Green, David Hanwright, Randy Hunt, Bob LeBlanc, and Molly McGill. Copyright 2022 Balderdash Academy. All rights reserved.